Hi, welcome to Mothers of Chaos, a podcast about parenting, motherhood, and individuality in all of its messy glory. We're Whitney and Yoshko, two moms trying to do our best and find the calm in the chaos of life. Take a break. This podcast for you. You're in the right place. So sit back, relax, laugh with us, or if it makes you feel better, just laugh at us. Hi guys, this is Yoshko with Mothers of Chaos. Today is Focus Friday, episode one. Take a deep breath and walk away. So right off the bat, I'd like to have a disclaimer. I am not a professional. Whitney is not a professional. We are two moms who are trying to apply parenting advice, information to our own lives and to our own children and trying to do our best. So if any of this does not really click with you, we're not trying to make it. It is simply we're putting this information out there for parents to consume and deal with in their own way. So with that being said, I'd like to just say that this was supposed to go up at five, guys. This is probably going to go up at eight. I'm recording at 730 right now. I've been trying to record all day long (laughs) and life has just gotten in the way. First, there was noises and doorbells ringing and people at the door and then a spouse and then a child. And then I went into town and tried to do it in town in a moving car. Didn't work. Tried to do it in a stopped car. Didn't work. Too much background noise. And then when I finally got home from my really busy day, my son came home with a review card of his behavior and he had an amazing score for the first half of the day. And then he did a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and he had the lowest scores possible for the second half, including a principal visit. And he's in first grade, so it's not like he didn't anything insane, but he's just very disruptive to his class and he's not properly funneling out. So he's throwing tantrums in class. So this podcast episode is very relevant to my life today. Also, after I got that at least semi-handled and had to kind of step away from it for a minute. My youngest one has been throwing insane tantrums and this is like the longest he's left me alone today. So I'm just going to try to get this done for you guys and put this out there because I am committed to making this work. Eventually we will have these recorded more ahead of time, but I won't lie. We decided last, a little bit last minute to switch this just in the last week here. And I thought, oh, it's only going to be 10 to 15 minutes. I can totally get it done and put it off till today. And it blew up in my face. So I promise not to do this in the future. And I hope you guys bear with me. But uh, this episode, it's about tantrums, guys. It's about you know, meltdowns, pouting, public or private displays of bad behavior by our children because of the emotions and the frustrations. And how do we deal with it as parents? Because, you know, they give a lot of advice about what the child is supposed to be going through and how parents are supposed to understand what they're going through and what they're supposed to do. But how do you guys cope? Because they'll tell us how to do it, but it doesn't mean we have the patience to do it. How are your feelings when you're dealing with your kids? Are you frustrated? Are you sad? Are you angry? Or are you able to turn it all off and deal with it like a champ? Because I know some moms that they just got that down, but let me know what you guys do too, because I will feel a little less alone at the fact that my kids are just struggling so much at the moment. So definitely DM us any of your advice or send us an email or a video. We're, we're down for all of the input from all of the parents and listeners out there. I would like to say for Whitney and I, taking a deep breath and walking away is probably our go-to when we're just, we're too stretched too far and too thin. Uh, rather than having a crazy meltdown ourselves, which it still happens like today, I'm a little bit switched off to be completely honest, but you know, there's times when you just got to take that break and you just got to give yourself that moment. Even if you'd like to just deal with it immediately because you're super frustrated with your child, maybe that frustration isn't the best way to do it. So taking a deep breath and walking away, if at all possible, it's going to help. I promise what we've been trying to both apply to our own children is the whole brain child method. And a lot of that is using empathy and logic to give children pause and how we can evaluate them 
in the moment and give them a sense of reality outside of themselves. So, you know, teaching them empathy. So logically, how should you react? And they would know kind of in their own sense, you know, how they ought to react or you can kind of teach them those skills. And then also, you know, if you were in the same situation, how would you feel? And and usually it helps them learn empathy if they're not as intuitive to it, because I have one child that is and one that isn't. And I promise that this works on both sides because sometimes they can only see their own emotions so strongly that it's up to us as parents to kind of show them the other side of the situation. So they're more, you know, aware of their actions. Uh, and there's also naming emotions because I know for my older child, he, he had a harder time naming his frustrations or how he was feeling. So he would be more reactive than my younger one. He had a harder time expressing himself. And I think that that is another thing that we can apply to our children in a day to day because if they're self-aware and more mindful of where they're at, they might be able to handle a situation better or kind of take control. Uh, We kind of put it on them in the book to ask for solutions. So while you're helping them analyze their feelings or the logic side of like how things work, you can also put it to them if they had a bad moment. Well, how should you do it? Or how would you, how would you do it? How would you fix this? And sometimes kind of putting it on them to find a solution makes them take a more active part fixing issues they have. And that might make it where down the road, they're able to deal with certain situations without your help, which I think is great. I mean, I'm all about that. And the self-independence is kind of like my main goal for my parenting style. I'm also dealing with the deeper traumas of a child. So this could be nervousness or anger or fear. But when a kid is kind of lashing out or overreacting, finding out if there's something deep down that like really shaped their fear, their issue. I know for an example, my nephew had a big fear of spiders. That was anything that even remotely looked like a spider sent him into a bout of tears. And it's just because I think he got to see one up close in a picture or something like that. And it, it just like really messed with his head. And so after that, he just found them really freaky. So anything even closely resembling, he instantly was like, it's a spider. It can't come near me. It's a spider. And so they had to kind of make him realize what spiders are, you know, that they're not really threatening unless they're under these situations. And it's good to stay away from them. But not everything that's like that is a spider. And they worked through it by making him more aware of the trauma that he had. And now he's a lot better about spiders. Like he's still not too fond of bugs, but you know, it's a lot better than it was. So I definitely think that works too. If you have a more nervous child, my older child is also like that. I just don't have a recent story to really share. So I decided to use my best friends. And then also they talk about the mindfulness. Let's self-actualize this emotion. Let's realize it. Let's look at it in a detached way and analyze it guys. And just realize you'll get through this. You're welcome to lean in and feel it, but just know it's going to end. Because I have a child that when he's in that moment, you kind of have to dive in and pull him out. And that is hard. I'm promising you, it's so hard. Because he's getting, he's six. He's going to be seven in just like five or six months here. And I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, people. But I think it's just that teaching the mindfulness and and you have to be consistent in getting there. And it takes effort, no matter what, as parents. And a lot of effort on our part. And sometimes we're going to need breaks from all that effort. Like, I promise I'm taking one today. Because I'm tired. But... Yeah, just be, having them be aware of their own body. Like, what are they doing with their body when they're upset? What are they doing to the people around them when they're upset? What could they do that would be better and help them out quicker and help, you know, make everybody else around them feel a lot better and really, really helps your kids get through moments. Also, like, if they just, if they can kind of step back a moment from feeling that pain or that sadness or that anger, they can really try calming down and trying to get through that emotion, which really helps as well. And just for that last part for the whole brain child, the exposure of what they see and how they perceive their world around them and then how they self-actualize it into themselves and into their perceptions of reality. For an example, it's up to us as the parents to kind of help them filter through certain things they see or hear or learn from social environments to put it in context so it's healthy because your kids will you know come to their own conclusions about why certain things happen. For example, uh, swear words are a big no-no. 
with my child, I swear. My child does not swear. He's actually the one that was like, oh, you said this. Oh, you said that. He's one of those kids. He came home, didn't say anything. His friend came to the door. He freaked out. I opened the door and I said, oh, what's going on? And, you know, he said, hey, he said, dude, dude. And it was a derogatory remark. And I was very shocked because, you know, my husband and I, if we listen to any kind of modern hip hop or rap or sweary music, we wear headphones. You know, like the boy doesn't get exposure to that stuff. So, I mean, he hears some like fallout boy or rock music, but they don't really say those things in that kind of music. So we're both going, oh, where's this coming from? So I said, hey, where'd you, where'd you learn that? And he turns and he looks back at the boy that knocked on my door and he goes from him. And the boy looks like he's ready to run. And I said, oh, well, okay, uh, what do you guys think that means? And they both, you know, when they realize they're not in trouble with me and I just want to talk, they both kind of relax and they're like, it's a bad word, right? Completely unaware that this is a derogatory, you know, like racist remark. And they're both ethnic boys too. So like the weirdness of this was not lost to me. So I basically, you know, I told the other boy, thank you for letting me know. I really appreciate it. I'm going to talk with Rona now. And I had him head home because he's not my child and I'm not going to try to educate somebody else's child. But I did talk to my son about what it means to use that word and why we should not use that word and uh, how his friend may have learned it from music or something like that, but that, you know, how it is in reality and what it is in society in his terms where he can understand it. So I told him it's worse than a swear word and we just kind of had that talk and I had to use my perceptions and, and how I would like his perceptions to be to kind of shape that conversation. So that last one, while being abstract, I think is very useful in those hard moments of making sure that the exposure that your children do face and do end up having, that you give them the right equipment to view it and to get through it in a positive way. Once again, you can hear the abridged version on Blink. It's a great app. I love getting self-help reviews through it, but I usually like to get the hard copies of these really strong ones too. I'm pretty sure you guys can rent it with a local library if you don't like collecting self-help books, but also you can always back the author and just get a digital version online, you know, Kindle, Nook, whatever is your fancy. We'll definitely put a link in the show notes for you guys. Another book I'd like to bring up is Bringing a Baby. It is a book by an American expat who basically decided with her expat husband to raise their kids in France. And it is very interesting because it's an American's view on raising children in France and their value systems on raising children in having children. And uh, I just kind of wanted to go over three quick pointers. I could say that the first one I fully have embraced in my life and the last one I'm trying to, and I think most people are trying to today, but I think there needs to be a bigger movement for it. So the first thing is that kids are expected to behave in public. If you're going to take them in public, they're expected to behave. So, I mean, if they're an infant or a toddler, that's a whole nother case. However, if you do have a kid that's talking and able to understand words and things around them, um, they do expect your child to behave and not have meltdowns or public scenes. And the culture is definitely trained from early on on at the dinner table at home to behave. And I have applied this with my own children. And I will say that they're pretty darn good at that. They will behave in public family dinners when we go out to eat at fancy restaurants or any of that, they will behave. And by that, I mean, they will not make a really big scene and they will not cause chaos and they will not throw their food around or do other crazy things. I will say, of course, that my children are normal American children and they have their moments. So I definitely feel like that's worth a listen. The second thing I'd like to say is that they are really okay with letting their children be away for an extended period of time, much earlier than American parents. And uh, in France, they start doing it in kindergarten, like overnighting outings, field trips type things. And I know that kind of goes against a lot of American culture, but I'm just saying, even if it's with your, your parents and letting your parents take them camping or take them for a weekend, it can really help with your children and being away from you for a little bit and being with other adults that you trust to take care of your children. It can always be just a good experience for them, especially if you trust them like a family member or something like that. I do think that's a good experience to have. And I do let my kids go see my mother and spend time with her. My son's actually going to do his first trip to Hawaii uh, without me, <laughs> but he's going to go with my mother. And uh, I think it is a good experience. He is only six, but he's taking swimming lessons. So I'm just not that worried about it. And my mother's a great swimmer. She's better than I am. So I think they're in good hands and I think it's going to be a good experience for him. 
I think that that's a great way to kind of look at things and maybe maybe apply it to our own lives and giving our children a bigger sense of freedom. And this is the last one. It's the most important. It is important for children to be aware and take care of their bodies and their minds and to recharge and to give themselves a moment. But it is also very much expected that the parents get the same. And I know many of you are laughing hysterically at this moment, but it's true. In France, parents are expected to be able to take care of themselves and their bodies without sacrificing their lives to their children. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't really get and we could use more of. I know I could have used it today. So I do say that don't feel all that guilt that's in culture today about being that perfect parent because that perfect parent doesn't exist. Just try to kind of get through those moments and definitely take more time for yourself than you normally would allow because in the grand scheme of things, it's the big moments that I think count when it comes to parenting and being able to invest yourselves and really take care of yourselves and be like fully rested and available as much as you can. It's going to show your children that, that you can do both and that they can do both in the future and that, you know, it's a full life and a healthy one. So I just think that's great. But I just wanted to close this with information from kidshealth.org. So you guys can Google this yourselves. I'll also put the link in the show notes. With this, I wanted to give you guys some skills that you could apply to your own kids. And this should kind of help with younger children, I think specifically, but sometimes this can apply to teens. So hopefully it's relevant for everyone listening. But positive attention. And you guys are kind of like, well, what does that mean? Does that just mean being super supportive of everything? And no, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving them positive attention, not negative attention. So negative attention is when they're doing something bad and they're getting negative emotions from you as a reaction, that is negative attention. And I have a negative attention seeker. Positive attention is kind of having those moments where you are really present for your child and you're really having a moment together. So it's not about the quantity, guys. It's about the quality. Having those real moments, whether it's you guys have that quick breakfast before you go skirt them off to school and everybody's sitting there spacing out, just kind of maybe putting the phone down from the emails and talking to your kid for five minutes, having a funny conversation that has them laughing or has you laughing, you know, find out something new about them that day. Those moments matter a lot. And if you're doing frequently enough, then you know what? I think you're doing a great job, even if it is only about an hour a day during the week, work week. So another thing is if they are frustrated children, which is also my younger child, handing over control of certain things. And that is frustrating. And I feel like as a parent, you need the patience for it. Watching them trying to put a boot on the wrong shoe and just knowing you're going to be there for three minutes while that's happening. That can be really hard. Or just they need to buckle their own car seat in and you just want to leave. And it's pouring rain outside and you're just standing there staring at them struggling with the seatbelt buckle that you know they're not going to get. It's just kind of like letting them fail, I guess, guys, or letting them get it. I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe they suck at unloading the dishwasher because they're two, but if you keep letting them, then they won't know at seven that it sucks and they will contribute to the dishes because they already assigned themselves that role at two. So I think handing over control brings down the frustration a great deal. And I often don't have the time or the patience for it, but I've decided to make the time, even if it pushes things back, because I have a way easier toddler as a result. Also, keep frustration and triggers out of reach. That one's beautiful. If there's a, a dessert item or a toy that just sends everybody into pandemonium, guys, just axe it for a bit. You can resubmit it when they're in good moods and everybody might be able to handle it better. But for a while, out of sight, out of mind. Totally cool. I think everybody can just agree. That one's easy. And then for some kids, when they get welled up in their feelings, and I know my older ones like this, distracting them. You know, give them something else to do. Funnel into another area. Don't overwrite their feelings but just kind of shift it over and let them distract because it lets them take a step back sometimes when they're too deep in the emotion that they're able to kind of see the light a little bit and kind of slowly work their way through. There's also helping learning new skills. So sometimes they are lacking in an area and they're frustrated and they do need the help. But it's good that when they go to you for help, if you seem if it just seems trivial to you, just kind of give them a chance and talk to them about it or maybe make it more complicated if you know they're just trying to get your attention and work them up to getting new skills. I think that's a great way to kind of help your kid grow and it's them coming to you wanting that time and attention and that aid. Also, listen to them. 
consider what they're asking you and exactly how you can help them. And that's a good one for the older kids. Cause if they're saying I'm having problems with math and you're like, well, what are you having problems with? Just saying, well, let's take a look and you know, how are you doing with this or, or what specifically sucks right now? And, you know, just put it in a turn of phrase that might make them feel like it's less of you just trying to troubleshoot them. You're sitting down and you're really wanting to help. So that can really help open up new dialogues as well as uh, them feeling like they can continue to go to you for solutions, which I think is beautiful. And last thing is know where their limits are, know their boundaries. This one I'm struggling with them with my older. So for everyone, it's different, but knowing where they're doing well and where they're struggling is imperative to parenting. You can kind of call it when you think they're going to burn out or you're like, oh, he hasn't eaten today. He hasn't slept a lot. It is probably best. We do not do this family outing. And it is up to us as the parents to kind of be self-aware of everyone and where they're at. Cause you know, that's parenting. Hopefully you guys found some of this information helpful. Once again, I will have all of the actual books and website in the show notes, as well as the app for Blink because it's great. Yeah, just let us know. Do you guys have kids that are struggling? Are you struggling? What are you doing to fix it? Uh, or if you know things are good right now, what did you do and what worked? What didn't? Please tag us with your stories, little victories, and advice related to the episode with hashtag Focus Friday. With your permission, we'll share some of our favorite responses on our Instagram story feed every hashtag Throwback Thursday. If you have questions, please check out our website, link to the show notes, or drop us an email or Instagram DM, and we'll get back to you with hashtag Tuesday tips. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Focus Friday.